Thanks for joining us on the Hope Podcast. Hope Community Church exists to love people where they are and help them grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. By pursuing this relationship together, we can change the world. We have multiple locations, including an online service found at gethope.tv. If you're not from the greater Raleigh-Durham area in North Carolina or near our Agape campus in Haiti, we'd love to still have you be a part of what Hope is up to through our online services. If you do live in our physical area, go to our website at gethope.net to check out where our campuses are located and our service times. Please like and share this with your friends or family. We are so glad you stopped by. Well, welcome to those of you joining us online or at one of our physical campuses at Apex or Morrisville or Garner or Raleigh, and welcome to those of you in the room right now. Uh, we're honored that you would spend a portion of your weekend with us. We are in the third week of a series that we are calling Inside Out, where we're addressing some of the most common mental and emotional struggles in our culture right now. And I want to thank Doug from the bottom of my heart for having the courage to share that. Um, he's a close friend, a respected man in my life. Um, but I do know that Doug is not alone in his struggle with depression. According to the statistics, many of you in the room or watching online right now struggle with depression. And so that's the topic that we're going to be talking about this week. And I want you to know that depression is not um, just an issue of the 20th century. People from all generations have struggled with seasons of depression. Uh, and God, in his grace, actually gives us an inside look into dozens of faithful men and women in God's word that struggle with depression. Uh, probably the most famous is King David. Um, in the Psalms, you see he has good days and he has bad days. He has really high highs and really low lows. At one of his lowest points, he said this in Psalm 69. He says, Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in deep mire where there is no foothold. I've come into deep waters. The flood sweeps over me. I am weary with my crying out. My throat is parched. My eyes grow dim with waiting for my God. Uh, this is a guy who is described as a man after God's own heart, and yet we resonate with those words. That's what depression can feel like, being stuck, no foothold, no way out. And he's not alone. Uh, we see that Paul struggles with seasons of depression. We see that Job went through this. We see that the prophet um, Jeremiah and the prophet uh, Elisha actually go through depression as well. And we're the same way. Uh, not a lot has changed in 2,000 years, 10,000 years, or however long. Um, so a lot of us here struggle with depression. But as common as it is, um, most of us would say that we feel very ill-equipped to take our steps towards freedom or to help someone else out of it. Maybe if you're struggling with depression right now, you don't know what your first step should be. Uh, maybe you live with a loved one or walk alongside someone that struggles with depression, and you don't know the words to say or the direction to point them. And so we want to change that this weekend. Uh, that's the topic that we want to tackle, depression. Um, and uh, we just want to devote a whole week to it. Now, honestly, we could spend a whole month on this topic and barely scratch the surface. But my hope is that if you are in the midst of depression right now, that you would sense just just uh, uh, some hope, that you would be able to take that first step towards freedom. And my other prayer is that I could just remove a little bit of the mystery when it comes to this thing that we call depression. So I said last week, I am not an expert, and I thanked you for your encouraging words after we hit anxiety and after we hit anger. Um, it's no different. I am not a licensed professional counselor. Uh, I am not a psychologist. I am not a psychiatrist. And I think that this topic is very, very serious. Um, I'm completely comfortable opening up the Bible and seeing what God, God's Word 
has to say about certain topics, but because it's depression, that can lead to self-harm or eventually to suicide, to taking your own life. Uh, I've decided to invite an expert. I've invited an actual professional, a licensed professional counselor. Uh, so in a moment, I'm going to invite him on stage, but he uh, has been in the ministry for decades. He is a Vietnam War vet. Uh, he uh, did college outreach for decades. He was involved as a pastor at a church, all kinds of positions up in North Raleigh for decades as well. Now, he is the executive director of Christian Counseling Associates, which is an amazing counseling center here in Raleigh. And so we're going to sit down and just have a very practical uh, conversation about depression and we pray that the Spirit moves. So watching online and at all of our physical campuses and in the room right now, would you give a warm hope welcome to Dr. Mike Garrett. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Go ahead and have a seat. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. He, he said this is his first time in the auditorium here at the Raleigh campus. Yeah. But looking out, he thinks he's counseled probably half the people that are in the room right now. Uh, he knows our staff well because we send staff there. But why don't you, uh, for those of you that, that, that don't know you, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit. Well, I am delighted to be here. And uh, I may have counseled a few of you folks. Um, <laughs> I did hear one small group tell me that I had count, we had counseled everybody in that small group. So um, if we haven't been in your small group, let me know and maybe we can <laughs> tackle your small group next. But uh, I, I'm a therapist, I, I'm a pastor. I pastored for 24 years. Um, and, but the last uh, 10 years, my wife is also a therapist. We've been doing full-time private practice and uh, we love what we do. We're in our wheelhouse. <clears throat> Somebody, a good, good friend said, uh, Mike, you're the right person to tackle this topic because you're a seasoned therapist and a model husband. And I, I was so, you know, warmed and filled by that. They said, but go look those two words up, seasoned and model. So I went and looked those two words up in the dictionary. The word season means overly ripe and almost rotten. <laughs> the, word, the word model means a small imitation of the real thing. So, uh, you know, I hope I can help a little bit. We've been studying this for a long time and working in this field. And, Thank you for having yeah, me. Yeah, we have a relationship. Um, he, Mike put together a video on anxiety that we sent to all of our staff at the beginning of the pandemic when we had to shut down. Um, Doug was actually telling me who shared his story um, that he's gone to see you for depression and loves you and really mm. respects you. So uh, with the time that we have, I say let's just dive in. Uh, one Absolutely. of the things that, that's confusing to me when I started studying this is how would you actually define depression? Because all of us get in sad moods. All of us have down weeks, but we wouldn't consider that depression. So how would you define Depression. Um, <clears throat> so I have written a few notes so that uh, as Chase asks questions, hopefully I sort of know what he's asking and, and <laughs> what the right answer is. But uh, so here's a good definition. I think this is probably the best definition that I've seen, that it's a feeling of helplessness and hopelessness that leads to a discouraging sadness and fatigue. Or you could flip it around the other way. It's a sadness and fatigue that leads to a feeling of helplessness and hopelessness. I heard a funny story about the apostle Peter and he was walking down the street 
and he saw a blind man. And so the apostle Peter stopped and he healed the blind man. And then he walked a little bit further and he saw a lame man. And so Peter stopped and he, he healed the lame man. And then he walked a little bit further and he saw a couple sitting on the side of the road in depression and weeping. And he asked them, he said, you know, what, what is wrong? And they said, well, we have two teenagers and three children <laughs> under the age of five. So the apostle Peter sat down and wept with them. <laughs> so, you know, we call that situational depression. Yeah, we'll get into that. And we're, we're gonna get into that, yeah. so yeah. So that's kind of a, it's, there's a fatigue element. So there's a physical, there's an emotional, but I think the key word there is hopelessness. It just seems like you're stuck and and you can't really get out. How many people are actually affected by depression worldwide? Do you know any statistics? Uh, If you look at current statistics that are out there on the internet, over 300 million people worldwide are depressed. Mm -hmm. Uh, 17 million in America are currently depressed. It's really the most common disorder in the United States. It's the leading cause of disability. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, I was just at a counseling conference recently in Orlando, and that was the topic that America is experiencing a mental health crisis. National Institute of Mental Health says that 10% of all women uh, are presently <laughs> depressed. Uh, 5% of all men are currently depressed and 25% of everybody will eventually experience mood disorders, uh, depression and or anxiety. And 50% of the people that are depressed uh, also are experiencing anxiety at the same time. Uh, Mentalhealthamerica.com recently came out with this statistic that since the pandemic, uh, since January of last year, that there has been uh, 634% increase in screenings for anxiety and depression is even worse. There there has been an 873% increase in depression screening since the pandemic's been going on. So America is definitely in a mental health crisis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've had friends, I've had relatives be diagnosed with it. And what shocks me is some of them were surprised. They're like, I was having marriage problems. I was having a hard time getting out of bed. I was having work problems. I thought it was physical. But after just talking with a doctor and a counselor, it turns out, no, part of this is depression. So I think one of the other hard parts is um, not just defining it, but what are some, some markers that show you, okay, you might actually not just be having a sad week, but you might be in the category of clinical depression. There's a manual that we use as counselors called the DSM, the Diagnostic Statistical Manual, and there are nine primary features for depression. So um, you might just kind of listen and try to check, you know, are you experiencing these or do you know somebody that's experiencing these? Here are the nine marks or the nine features of depression. Depressed mood most, most of the day, nearly every day, a loss of interest or pleasure in daily activities, a decrease or increase in appetite, insomnia or hypersomnia, that means you're sleeping too much or you're sleeping too little, feelings of restlessness or sluggishness, fatigue or loss of energy nearly every day, feelings of worthlessness or guilt, 
inability to think or concentrate clearly. Uh, we refer to that as brain fog and then recurrent thoughts of death or suicide. Now, you don't have to raise your hand, but you might point at somebody right now. <laughs> if you, you've experienced this or you know somebody who is, we're talking to you today and we wanna try to talk about some solutions and some cure or some help for this, uh, this crisis that we see sweeping across our country. One of the things that stood out to me in that list is the fact that guilt is listed as one of the symptoms. Why do you think that is? There's a guilt element, mm. there's a shame element. Is it just because I mm. feel bad? I, there's a shame for feeling mm. that depressed? Well, <clears throat> I think there's a stigma attached to it. I think, Chase, and a lot of times for Christians, um, like the testimony we were just hearing that uh, we feel like we sort of hyper-spiritualize this thing, like if we're really a born-again, Bible-believing, Christ-centered, church-going Christian, then we shouldn't experience this. Like maybe we should be immune from it, but we really do see that depression can strike any place, anywhere, anytime. And so often we're, we're going to talk about this, kind of the different types. Could I go ahead and go yeah, into go that? For it. Yeah, The different types of depression. And a, a big part of that is that it's biochemical so often and you can't help it. There's an imbalance, a brain chemistry imbalance. You know, the old brain up here that the Lord gave us, uh, there are certain um, uh, chemicals that norepinephrine, serotonin, dopamine, and if those levels get a little bit out of balance, mm -hmm. then you can experience a biochemical depression. And there are a lot of ways that we, we categorize this, major depressive disorder, uh, MDD, major depressive disorder. And that is typically, we scale that either mild, moderate, or severe. Mm -hmm. And so some people will come in and it's mild, or it's moderate or severe when we do an assessment. <clears throat> but it's not always that. So a lot of people think that's what depression is. It's gotta be a biochemical uh, imbalance. But I was actually really enlightened in the other types of depression. I've actually had one of them myself. I didn't even know it. So the second one yeah. you talked about was situational. What's situational yeah. depression? <clears throat> situational depression. You know, if you're in a job situation that you just are very, very discouraged with, and if you stay in that situation long term, it leads to a depression. It's not just discouragement, but it, it, it turns to a, a little bit darker side depression. But it could be a health crisis. It could be financial stress and strain. It could be uh, a relational issue that just goes on and on and on, or a lack of a relationship that you struggle with and you find yourself mm -hmm. more than discouraged. You find yourself at a place that we would uh, clinically uh, label as depression. There's dysthymic disorder that's a mild moderate depression that people, some people just, you know, you've heard of the blues, yeah. singing the blues, melancholy temperament. There's bipolar depression. 3% of the general population uh, has been diagnosed with bipolar disorder, which is a, a manic followed by a, 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 an up followed by a down. It can be rapid cycling or it can take place over several months. There's seasonal depression and uh, seasonal depression referred to as SAD, but seasonal affective disorder. Mm -hmm. And we see that take place like between October and March and needs to be treated with vitamin D, light therapy, exercise, maybe medication. There's postpartum depression. 20% of all new moms will suffer the new baby blues 
from postpartum depression. And quite often we're counseling somebody and they don't even realize what they're dealing with is postpartum depression that can last for quite a while. But situational depression, um, since last April, April of last year, 80% of Americans have reported an increase in stress just because of the pandemic. And one in five marriages have reported in this last year that they are now reporting in worse condition because of mood disorder, mental health disorders, stress in the home. We've seen a giant uptick in our counseling practice in North Raleigh. Because the last 18 months has put us in a situation that none oh. of us have ever been in before and we yeah. are equipped to deal with. The third type is actually one that I've experienced and it's toxic, toxic. depression. So that's when, um, we well, can go ahead and explain it. Well, unless you want to do personal testimony. <laughs> yeah, so I actually, so I, we have a genetically high cholesterol in my family. Um, my dad's super in shape, I exercise, but our cholesterol is just through the roof. So I got put on a pretty low dose statin last year and I was a little tired for about two weeks, but then week four and into week six, I started having crazy thoughts. Like, what would happen if I drove this, the car off the road right now? Or um, what would happen if I left my wife and kids? And I could hear myself having these thoughts and people at work actually said, hey, Chase, you're a little off. You're not your, your old self, what's going on? And it was the medication. So when I went off the medication, all of that left. And you had a similar wow. experience. Right? I did, yeah. Chase and I had talked. We met at Panera and we were talking and we both had been through that a long time ago, back uh, in the 90s. Um, I was put on medications for sinus uh, infection and they kind of over-medicated me and, and it just went on and on. And I'll never forget waking up on Christmas morning just thinking, wow, I am majorly depressed on Christmas morning. And I'm, I've never been depressed before or since. I'm not a depressed guy generally. I've been blessed. But, but medication, and sometimes it's misuse. It could be through uh, misuse of substance abuse, drugs or alcohol. Sometimes it could be treatment after cancer or chronic pain, just the medications themselves will throw some people into a toxic depression, and that needs to be dealt with at a medical level. And then the last one you talked about was spiritual, and this is something spiritual. that we see at Hope. As pastors, yeah. we see this. People that are yeah. doubting their salvation, um, that are having a hard time that Jesus could love them, and you go through all the different lists, and it could be, it could be chemical, it could be uh, situational, it could be toxic, but it ends up like you just really don't think that Jesus loves you as you are, and it's really yeah. weighing on your heart. Um, but that, that would also be a different type of depression. Um, in the time that we have, too, I do want to get super practical, because there's <laughs> lots of different ways that you can uh, uh, approach depression. And I like, because we talked one time at Panera Bread uh, for about an hour in North Raleigh, and the spirit just showed up, and we were kind of planning through this. I'm like, we just need to talk about exactly what we did. Um, but you use this holistic approach. You want to kind of approach depression holistically. So if someone came to you and said, hey, I check all the boxes, it looks like I do have like a biochemical, maybe a toxic thing here, how would you recommend them going about addressing depression or taking those first few steps? Great question, Chase. <clears throat> yeah, depression is nothing to be ashamed of. Great Christians, of, uh, great leaders, great Christians, as, as Chase had mentioned earlier, have suffered with depression. C.S. Lewis called it the dark night of the soul. Mm -hmm. John Bunyan in Pilgrim's Progress called it the uh, dungeon of giant despair. And how do we treat that? Uh, it's not always just, let's throw medication at it. 
so we have found if you took a pie and you sliced it or a pizza and you sliced it, let's talk about several slices of that pie and how would we go about treating depression. So let me just kind of go through several of those slices of the pie of how to go about treating depression. One would be to treat those if there's a sleep disorder. And so a lot of times when people come in, oh, I didn't even realize I was going to get a pizza. Great. Yeah, that's great. Delivered right here. So uh, uh, if, if somebody comes in and presents with sleep disorder, they're not sleeping, or a lot of times with depression, it's early morning rising, and then you can't go back to sleep. And so um, <clears throat> of all the issues that a person presents with, if they're not sleeping, that's where I'm generally going to focus first. Because if you don't get good sleep, then it exacerbates everything else. The average adult uh, male needs seven hours of sleep, and the average adult female needs eight hours of sleep. The average adult college student needs 20, no, nine hours, <laughs> nine, nine hours of sleep. So husband's but, let uh, your wife sleep in. Um, <laughs> The great coach of the Green Bay Packers, Vince Lombardi, said that fatigue makes cowards of us all. And if you're worn out and exhausted and tired because of lack of sleep, it's going to make everything worse. You're not going to be thinking clearly and you can't even deal with these other areas that we're going to talk about. Um, You know, the Bible talks about that Jesus would often come apart with his disciples to rest and to pray. And I heard, I heard one good old pastor say, and if we don't come apart, we're going to come apart. And I think sometimes that's the most spiritual thing you can do is go get a good night's sleep yeah. and rest. You see so, that in Elijah too. Like after he did all these things and he goes out into the desert, yeah. God's just like, you just lay down and take a nap. Like I just want you to sleep for a few days. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's really important. What's the, what's the second one? Second one would be diet and exercise. Diet and exercise, I know you really want to talk about this tonight, probably, (laughs) especially depressed people, because when you're depressed, you're too tired to worry about your diet or exercise. But there are a lot of of studies on this that just a little bit of diet and exercise can go a really long way. And it used to be cardiologists would say you ought to be doing uh, lean, uh, first of all, eating more lean and green. You could write that down, lean and green, and then getting some exercise. It used to be, you know, weight training and cardio every day, 20 minutes. The, the, the formulas out there now that I think is very, has a lot of respectable studies referred to as the magic hour. If you just get one hour a week, and it could be, you know, three 20-minute walks or four 15-minute walks, just getting the body going. And the studies show that exercise can, can, have a real impact on reducing the features of depression. So it's really important, diet and exercise. And then if you exercise, you're going to sleep at night. So That's good, yeah. Yeah. If you exercise, you're tired, you want to sleep, and it helps the overall depression. What's the third one? Number three, vocational. And that is, a lot of times people are struggling in depression because they're either in the wrong job, they're they're unemployed, they're underemployed, or they're in a job that they, they just... They really are miserable and they need a road out. And sometimes you have to take an approach, a short-term and long-term approach. Short-term, you might say, you know, your spouse says, hey, suck it up, buttercup. And maybe short-term, that's the best thing to do, okay? He's I'm, been reading my text messages. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure we're gonna, <laughs> we'll hear some feedback on that one. But longer-term, maybe you need to rethink your gifting 
You know, Matthew 25 talks about the king gives talents. He goes away. When he comes back, he wants to know, what did we do with the talents that he gave us? And so you want to find your wheelhouse. You want to find a job that you love and get into it that you would look forward to getting out of bed and going to. I've had many people, though, say, you know, I'm fine from Friday night till Sunday afternoon. But starting Sunday night, I'm miserable all the way till Friday afternoon. That's situational depression based around their vocation. And sometimes if you can move yourself around in your position or find a better work, you'll see that your depression subsides if, unless it's a, a, a true chemical depression. Mm -hmm. Which gets us to the, the medical the fourth piece of that pie. Yeah, the medication, the uh, medical approach and using medication, as you heard on the video, <clears throat> anyone that scores moderate to severe on our depression assessments should absolutely consider medications. Unfortunately, I think Christians a lot of times hyper-spiritualize this and I, you know, as a Christian, I shouldn't be depressed, so I'm not going to take any medication. And, you know, if you were diabetic, you'd have to take your insulin. If you can't see, you got to put on your glasses. But for some reason, we, we think, oh, depression's a different category. If it's a brain chemistry imbalance, you really need to take your medications. And there's a biblical basis on this. The Apostle Paul told yeah. Timothy, remember this one? It's over in, Tim, I wrote it down, uh, 1 Timothy 5, verse 23. Paul said to Timothy, take a little wine for your stomach. Now, I don't think the Apostle Paul was looking for a drinking buddy. <laughs> The Apostle Paul was saying, it's okay to take medication for that amoebic dysentery or whatever your stomach is. And later James said, pour oil on yourself, anoint and have the elders do that for spiritual and physical healing. Mm -hmm. So we have a real biblical precedence and it's okay. It's biblical. I don't think you should over-medicate, but sometimes that's the magic bullet for many people that are scoring moderate to severe yeah, depression. Yeah, we, we talked about that the first week, how there's not a magic pill. Um, the medicine's yeah. not going to completely heal you, but what it does is it puts you in a place physically and emotionally yeah. where you can do the work, which kind of gets us to the next one of the cognitive, the cognitive behavioral therapy, which is the work we actually need to do to kind of retrain our brains. Cognitive therapy uh, is the treatment of choice for depression. What do I mean by cognitive therapy? It's self-talk therapy. If I woke up every day and said, my water bottle's half empty, my water bottle's half empty, life stinks, life's miserable, then my mood will follow that. Feelings will tend to follow. But if I can learn to do some thought stopping, the Bible says bring every thought captive. And if I can learn to say, you know, I'm, I'm going down a bad path. I'm going down a rabbit hole. I'm telling myself too much negative self-talk. And I can start saying, well, maybe it's half empty, but hey, it's also half full. So I'm going to spend the rest of the day just giving thanks and being mm -hmm. thankful and enjoy what I've got. And, uh, and just see how that affects my mood. The studies show that cognitive therapy, self-talk therapy, is just as effective as medication. And when you put the two together, we have much better efficacy, uh, a much lower relapse. And so you absolutely need to consider this, when we say cognitive therapy, it's just learning to catch your thoughts and redirect them. We say, and Paul talks about that in the New Testament. He says, I, I take every thought captive. Yes. And he says, whatever is good, whatever is holy, whatever is pure, set your minds on these things. So it's very yeah. kind of discipleship based, the cognitive theory. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And then the last two you have, one's relationships. 
so hit that real quick before we jump well, into the spiritual. We see a high incidence of uh, anxiety and depression uh, among distressed relationships, Jay. Mm -hmm. So if people are really struggling in relationships, then there quite often is depression. People will come in and say, uh, can you help me with my depression? And when we start hearing the backstory, we realize, well, they have a very distressed relationship, either present or past, and a lot of times that's the driver in the depression. And we'll say, well, instead of treating depression, let's, let's work on this relationship. And when we do some either relationship therapy, uh, 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 marital therapy or family of origin therapy. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes, sometimes, you know, there are, you know, hurts and wounds from the past. And we really do have to go back and do some trauma work over past hurts and wounds and relationships. And then we've seen this, that when we help those relationships, a lot of times the depression goes away because it was all about the relationship and the struggle that was involved in that relationship, the hurts, the wounds, the resentment, the lack of forgiveness issues, and to try to work through healthier relationships will put you in a much better mental state and, and, and relieve depression. Yeah. And then the last one is spiritual again. <laughs> um, how are we doing on time? Oh, we're good. We're good. <laughs> so let's talk about the spiritual. I had a, a husband come in and say something that I thought was kind of funny. He said, Dr. Mike, do you deal with demon possession? And I said, well, are you, you feel like you're, you know, you're, you're struggling with demon possession? He said, no, it's my wife. <laughs> he said, you ought to see her when she gets mad. And uh, <clears throat> so and we sort of chuckled, but I think he was serious. And a lot of times, we really are dealing with something spiritual and maybe it is because of, you know, a past relationship. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 5 and Matthew 18 that every time there's an offense, every time there's an offense, go to the person and be reconciled. Mm -hmm. So it's really important if there's an offense, if there's a hurt, there's a wound, then you have to think about working through that. And we help People do that, you know, couples, families, extended families, parent, children, grandparents with adult children, and uh, to work through the spiritual side of things. I think otherwise you can end up with what Hebrews 12 talks about, a root of bitterness. Uh, and, and the Bible says that a root of bitterness will grow up and spring up and it'll poison, it'll defile. It'll, and you don't want to let somebody, I, I say quite often, don't let somebody else's stupidity make you stupid, you know, <laughs> just because, you know, they're a little bit off the rails. You know, maybe you need to step away and set boundaries. Maybe you need to forgive. Maybe you need to, uh, uh, you know, go to the Lord over some of these issues. And Ephesians 4 talks about be angry, but sin not. Mm -hmm. Spiritual issue here. Be angry. People are going to make us upset and angry, and which can lead to real depression. Uh, be angry, but sin not. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give the devil a foothold. A couple of verses later, he says, nor grieve the Holy Spirit. So a lot of times we're dealing with emotional issues, anger, anxiety, depression. At the same time, the devil's at the door. I don't want the devil to come in my house. I got enough issues without letting the devil in. Mm -hmm. And so dealing with the spiritual aspect of this, we all deal with spiritual warfare. And if you're dealing with some kind of spiritual depression, which many Christians we have found because um, 
of a relationship. Sometimes it's, I've had people with just not assurance of salvation and they're doubting their salvation mm -hmm. and they need to talk to a pastor. And I've seen as we've helped people spiritually, a lot of times some of their depression or all of their depression goes away. I think sometimes, as you mentioned before about, um, or maybe it was on the video, about bringing your, your discouragements to the Lord, you know, the whole, oh, in, in, in Psalms. And David, the whole book of Psalms, David is writing his discouragements and he's giving them to God. And that's First Peter 5 says, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. I think if you're really depressed, that is a good thing to do is write all your depressive issues and relationships down and bring those to the Lord. Mm -hmm. If you're spiritually depressed, let me give you a couple of passages to consider. If you're really going through, you know, this oppressive spiritual time in your life, Psalm 27 and 37. I would recommend you read Psalms 27 and Psalms 37 every day for a month. Now, if you're dealing with some kind of sin, because a lot of times people are depressed because of unconfessed sin. So a lot of times when there's been pornography or an affair or a breach of trust or some kind of lying or deception, people will find that they're really downcast. Uh, Psalms 32, David said, when I kept silent, and he was talking about his sin, he said, my bones wasted away within me and I groaned all day long. That sounds like depression, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. And you, you need to be willing to take your, your, these issues to the Lord. If you're dealing with something that you feel like is separating between you and the Lord, I'd recommend Psalms 32 and Psalms 51 and read those every day for a month. Psalms 32 and Psalms 51. If you're struggling with some kind of habitual sin, that can really put you in depression. Yeah. Yeah, so hopefully what you see is um, depression can be caused by multiple things. It's not always biochemical. It can be situational. It can be relationship. It can be spiritual. And really there's no magic fix. I think that a lot of people just feel so stuck because it can be caused by so many different things and the treatments just vary. But it really does take time. So what I would encourage you guys is to reach out. Um, I mean, I would encourage you to reach out to Christian Counseling Associates. You okay if 10,000 people call tomorrow? Woo, bring it, bring it, yeah. <laughs> but I would reach out to them. You can email us at careatgethope.net as well. But in the few minutes that we have left, I kind of want to ask you, because you've been in ministry for decades and there's so much wisdom there, just to take your counselor hat off, your doctor hat off, and to put your pastor hat on, uh, what would you say just to family, just to brothers and sisters in Christ, those watching online and at our campuses, what would kind of be your closing thoughts about depression? Well, again, I really do believe America is in a mental health crisis, and um, we need to minister to each other. Mm -hmm. You know, what happens in homes, uh, as go the home, so goes the nation. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody said, as go the marriage, so goes the home, as goes the home, so goes society, or so goes the church, and as goes the church, so goes society, and as goes society, so goes the nation. So we really need to start at home and care for each other in our, in our smallest circle, our home, and then in our small groups and in our church, and we need to care for each other. I would highly recommend if you or somebody you know is struggling with a lot of discouragement and at a point of depression or despair, 
to don't take no for an answer because depressed people don't tend to get up and go get their own help. You know, Galatians two, uh, 6 talks about bear one another's burdens. Yeah. And it's a chance for us as believers to bear one another's burdens and help each other in this process of recovery. Uh, I, I'm, I'm so thankful for Hope. Hope Community Church is a flagship church on uh, providing staff and facility and programming and resources. And so talk to your pastor or reach out to a therapist and let us help you. You don't wanna stay in, on the sidelines by yourself. You know, this is, this is urgent. Um, and, and I think in the midst of all this, putting the Lord first in our lives, we, we're talking about the spiritual side of things. The main thing is to make the main thing the main thing. Mm -hmm. uh, to put the Lord first and put the Lord first in our lives in our homes, and then to, uh, Jesus said, when they asked him what's most important, he said, love the Lord your God without all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he said this, and love your neighbor as yourself. This is a chance for us to care for each other and love each other. Our church and our community is in need, and it's our opportunity to uh, put the Lord first and to put others um, right there as a resource and as a opportunity for us to care for each other and yeah. bear one another's burdens. Yeah, we just, um, I mean, sadly, there was a student in Apex this week that, that um, didn't get the help that they needed, and uh, they ended up taking their own life even this week. Um, and we don't want it to get to that place. Um, but what we do know um, is that he that is in us is greater than he that is in the world. And um, we have the God of the universe that not only cares about us, but has the power um, to help us take steps forward to freedom. Everyone's journey is going to be different. Um, everyone's going to take, uh, it might take different time levels. It might be uh, more intense counseling. It might be medication. Um, but what I do know is that there's absolutely hope. Uh, there is hope um, in the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is hope in his spirit and dwelling in us. And there's hope that if we come together as a church body and no longer allow depression to be a taboo topic, but we discuss it and we get involved in each other's life, that we, we offer to bear each other's burdens, to take each other by the hand and say, you want to go to counseling? I'll go with you. Uh, you can't get out of bed. I'll come sit by your bedside. But as we, as we, as we begin to talk about this thing that we call depression and, and rally alongside each other, I think there's tremendous hope. And you've shared with me story after story of people who have yeah. found hope through the cognitive, yes. through the medication but also through Jesus Christ. So I'm going to echo what Mike said. Um, please reach out. If 10,000 people reached out tomorrow, we would be super excited. Uh, <laughs> we have the infrastructure to handle that. So you can e email us at care at gethope.net. You can go find Christian Counseling Associates on the website. Would you guys um, thank you, Mike, for spending this time? Oh, thank, you. thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, we're going to spend a few, time, a few moments um, really processing what we just learned, um, some of the best moments that we've had as a church in the past, in this series and also in a previous series, is really just taking time to process and ask ourselves questions and answer them honestly. And so we're going to put some questions on the side screens on your screen if you're watching online. And I really encourage you to press in, uh, to take these questions seriously. Maybe it's not you that struggles. Maybe think of someone else. How would they answer these questions? And then your campus host will come back and pray for you. So let's turn our attention to the side screens. Thank you for listening to the Hope Podcast. We appreciate you joining us as we tackle issues facing our modern world from a biblical perspective. To make sure you don't miss a message, please take a moment and hit the subscribe button. Also, if you're new to Hope and want to check out what we're about and how to be a part of our community, 
Go to our next steps at gethope.net slash next. Let us know your story because we'd love to connect with you.